Welcome to Recover Strong, a podcast that will transform your recovery from an eating disorder by helping you go from theory to practice to mastery. This is your special time to learn new skills, tools, and get the inspiration you need to recover strong. Let's get started. I'm your host, Jessica Flint. I'm the founder and CEO of Recovery Warriors, a wisdom sharing platform for all people impacted by an eating disorder. Recovery Warriors provides resources and support to heal your relationship to food, body, mind, and soul. I believe recovery is not only possible, but it is worth it. That is why Recover Strong exists, to help you see and connect to the potential that lies within you to find freedom from an eating disorder. Today we have a show for all you sensitive big feelers out there. I am definitely part of your crew. I totally understand what it's like to have intense emotions and feel like they are so uncomfortable and how can I ride this out because it just feels like it's taking me over like this big huge wave. And like all the things that we talk about on this podcast, there is actual things you can do to help handle intense emotions and just ways of seeing it differently so you can have a perspective shift. Now, this is another lesson that I created for students in the past. And lately, I've been bringing back some old lessons on this podcast because I just think it's really just silly for them to be sitting there collecting digital dust. And these lessons are just way too helpful to stay kept under wraps. So today we are going to be exploring intense feelings and how to handle them. The fact is, emotions are something we all feel. For better or for worse, it is a part of the human experience. And emotions can be particularly intense in recovery. This is especially true when you're used to using eating disorder behaviors to cope. But then once you start to move away from them and you start to distance yourself from the behaviors, feelings can come up and be really uncomfortable and often feel uncontrollable. I'd like for you to imagine you know, you're out in the cold. Maybe you've been somewhere where it's really wintry and it's freezing out. Let's say there's snow outside and you're out there and your hands and feet are getting cold. Now, this is timely for me because I'm actually on vacation right now in Switzerland with my best friend and her Swiss family of four adorable kids. And they love to just hang out outside and I'm out there with them making snowballs, freezing my California girl ass off. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, my hands are so cold. I'm not used to this type of weather. It's the heart of winter here right now. And my warm weather loving hands are getting so cold. And I notice every time that they start to just lose this sensation, like I can't even turn a key with them, like I can't grip something. And when I go inside after being outside for so long, my hands start to have all this intense sensation in them. They start to feel like pins and needles and my feet do too. And it's like this weird numbness. It's coming back to life, but it's actually pretty painful and uncomfortable. And the thing is, the discomfort eventually fades, but there is this transitionary period where it really doesn't feel good. Once again, these words, uncomfortable. This is a little analogy of what happens when you start to reduce your eating disorder behaviors and your emotions start to come up because your emotions have always been there, but the eating disorder behaviors have been a way to numb them, to really keep them suppressed. And but as you begin to experience the warmth of living outside of the eating disorder, 
you start to experience your emotions. And this can be really uncomfortable. Now, often our first instinct is to fight and resist the wave of emotion or just to turn back to the eating disorder behaviors right away. Like, ah, I don't like this. I'm just going to go right back to the behavior, shut out the ad emotion. But we need to learn how to turn towards intense or difficult emotions as opposed to turning away from them. It's about accepting and embracing emotions, not resisting and pushing our emotions away. Now, this is super, super important in the recovery process. All our emotions are welcome visitors that deserve to be greeted as opposed to being treated like foreign enemies that we slam the door on. And I know that may seem counterintuitive to your natural instincts, which is to fight the feelings or to push them away. And really, it does make sense why you would want to do that. But at the same time, there are more helpful ways to regulate emotions that will set you up for much more success in the long run. So you don't have to keep going back to the eating disorder behaviors to soothe and numb yourself. Now, it's not always easy to face these emotions and practice new ways to cope, but it's so worth it. And before we hop into this lesson, I want to let you know about the daily growth habit. It is a simple concept here at Recovery Warriors that we really live by. And that is this idea that 1% of your day is only 15 minutes. Now, inside of this 15 minutes, which is 1% of your day, you can start to create habits that are recovery affirming. Habits that are going to set you up to become the person you ultimately want to be. And there's so many different ways that you can install these daily growth habits. And one that we've created for you is our private library of audio affirmations that are designed to help you cultivate and nurture new ways of being and thinking in recovery. Now, I'm so happy to be able to offer this free gift to you because words of affirmation are one of my love languages. And so to be able to offer these words of affirmation to you, to listen to when you're multitasking, you can listen to them when you're driving, when you're walking, when you're washing your dishes, making your bed. It's so simple to plug them into your routine and help you start to rewire your brain and start to hear new thoughts outside of the eating disorders. To get in on this private library of audio affirmations, all you have to do is request an invite over at recoverywarriors.com habit. Once you request an invite, you will get a private invitation link and you can play these audio affirmations directly from your favorite podcast player. I think that's so cool because when things are easy, it's easier to do them. So we made this super easy for you as a podcast listener to listen to these affirmations conveniently from your podcast player. I believe so strongly in the power of rewiring your thoughts. And if you don't rewire your thoughts, no one else is going to do it for you. What we choose to think drives our actions. And when we change our thoughts, we change our lives. So request your free invite at recoverywarriors.com habit. We add new affirmations in every month at the new moon and full moons. So get in now and keep getting more affirmations to keep you motivated as you continue to walk the path of recovery. The link to request your free access is below in the episode notes. Alrighty, Warrior, let's move on to our lesson today. Let's hear what Dr. Anita Johnston has to say about handling intense feelings. We've bought into the idea that we're capable of controlling our emotions. We're not, not any more than you can swim up a mountain. Emotions are a form of energy. They're a wave. And so, and it can't be controlled any more than you can go to the ocean and hold the waves back, right? But you don't have to. You can learn to ride the waves. You can learn to dive under them. Um, and so this idea that control is, 
is an illusion. Therefore, it is not the tool you want to reach for in these times. Um, so I think it begins with recognizing because we're getting slammed with that. Every single time we think, oh, I got this. I'm in control. It's like, oh, oops, here's that. And so it's really a matter of um, riding the emotions that flow through you. And so it, it's good to ride all of them and so that you can get the hang of it. They come in, they peak, and they will pass. That doesn't mean another one won't come because here it comes. And you learn to ride it. And you just heard from Dr. Anita Johnston. She is a pioneer in the eating disorder field and wrote the book Eating in the Light of the Moon. And the metaphor that she shared here is so important. I find that it's one of my favorites when really understanding the way emotions work within us. Now, an emotion is really just energy in motion, just like a wave is energy in motion. And we can't control the waves in the ocean. We can't control the energy and the emotions within us. All we can do is learn how to surf them. And as a surfer myself, I absolutely love thinking about this concept of being able to surf your waves, surf your emotions, because it gets to put you more in an empowered role of a participant in these experiences. We don't want to sit on the shore and just watch. We want to get in there and we want to participate because when we surf all waves, we're able to experience more wholeness in our lives. We're not just surfing the fear. We're not just surfing the anxiety. We're surfing the fun. We're surfing the gratitude. We're surfing the love. We get to surf all of these waves. But when we're sitting on the shore, you're not really able to surf them as well. It's kind of hard to surf when you're on the sand. So this is an important thing to think about. How can you participate and show up and get in the water and bring your surfboard and be able to surf all the waves that come your way and knowing fully that you have the ability to surf big, challenging, scary waves. Now, Dr. Colleen Reichman also has a great way of looking at waves and ups and downs of our emotions. And she also makes a really great distinction in how we see ourselves versus what the emotion story is or the story behind the emotion or what we attach in meaning to it. So let's listen what she has to say about that. So for me, noticing feelings is just number one. That's most important. And understanding and reminding myself that feelings are not fact. So feeling like a failure is in no way actually means that I'm a failure. It's kind of, that's really integral, but it's okay to feel that way and feel it very strongly. Just kind of, so one thing that I've learned to do is just let it like rise and fall and then it will go away you know, it will go away or none of us, we'd all be like not here anymore. So it's not about like not feeling shame or any of the more stigmatized emotions or fear or sadness or disappointment myself. It's reminding myself, well, I can feel that way and it's not true. And also like, here's the evidence that it's not true. So X, Y, and Z calling, remember that there's the evidence, but you still feel that way and it's okay. And it's going to kind of rise and fall eventually. So in the meantime, just be nice to yourself instead of the old standby of being like really cruel to yourself and making everything worse long-term. Like everything that perfectionism doesn't want you to do in terms of being vulnerable because like there's no control there. You don't know how the other person's going to, you're giving up all control or a lot of your control if you're vulnerable. So 
perfectionism can be kind of a wall against vulnerability. Like I don't have to really engage in life with you because I'm engaging with numbers and achievements and long-term stuff, so I don't actually have to be vulnerable. So our feelings are not facts, so we don't want to file them away as truths, but they are messengers. And this other point that Dr. Colleen Reichman shared was vulnerability, that we can sometimes block out emotions because we don't want to feel vulnerable. Now, vulnerability requires three things. It requires uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. So in order to truly live wholeheartedly, which requires vulnerability, meaning we do have to expose ourselves emotionally, we do have to risk our emotions being seen. We have to go into the uncertainty of what will it be like if I allow this emotion to run through me or if I share this with somebody. We can get very wrapped up and think that the emotions are going to take us down, that the emotions are going to be that demise of us if we share these parts of our inner world or even if we share it with our own self, what our inner world is telling us. Brandilyn Tebow, transformational coach, has an amazing way of looking at how our emotions really are gifts and why it's important to allow them in and to let them be a part of our experience. So let's listen to what Brandilyn has to say about that. In our society, we are taught that there are certain emotions and there are emotions that are bad. And if you have an emotion or a thought that we deem bad arise, we're taught that we're supposed to resist it and try to force it out of our awareness. And this is the source of so much suffering. I, it's one of my missions in this world to transform this conversation. Because truly, when something confronting arises within our internal state, when anxiety arises, when sadness arises, when overwhelm arises, when fear arises, when disappointment, feelings of abandonment, all of these emotions that we've been taught are bad or wrong, when they arise, they're coming up because they're wanting to, remember, you have to feel it to heal it. So they're ready to be felt so that they can be transmuted into more love. So every single time they come up, it's an opportunity for us to get to strengthen our muscle of loving, accepting, and forgiving, and get to expand who we are as an individual. And when we see it as that, then life becomes a never-ending possibility of expansion. However, when we live in this hostile environment in which we're afraid of these emotions coming up and showing themselves to us because we believe we're not supposed to feel angry, we're not supposed to feel anxious, we're not supposed to feel sad, I'm supposed to be happy and confident all the time. When we believe this, then we're constantly resisting those parts of ourselves that want to be seen and we're in this fight with ourselves. Whereas when we really get excited, right? Now, honestly, when I have something come up for me, like when I get confronted, I'm like, yes, all right, awesome, opportunity for expansion. I actually get to practice what I preach now. I actually get to practice being with this unwanted part of myself and loving it and seeing it for what it is and accepting it and allowing it to have space. I get to practice being willing to feel it. So really willingness is the key here. And when we're noticing that we're wanting to turn to food or alcoholism or workaholism 
or exercise or whatever that thing is that we individually use to try to turn down the intensity, when we notice that we're trying to turn to that thing, that is our alarm clock going off, reminding us there's something here that wants to be felt and that wants to be transmuted into more love. There's something here that if you're willing to feel it, you're actually going to expand your nervous system and you're going to expand the abundance that you can hold. You're actually going to create more spaciousness for love and connection and joy to come into your being if you're willing to sit with this unwanted thing. So if we can make that tweak and start to see everything that we have resistance to as, as an opportunity for personal growth and expansion, then there's no longer anything to be afraid of. So when we numb the bad emotions, we're also numbing the good emotions. Essentially, we cannot selectively numb which emotions. And this is where the work comes in. And being able to say, I want to experience it all. Dr. Anita Johnston has a great concept or technique that you can apply to your life in any moment in order to deepen your awareness of your emotions and experience them more fully. So let's listen to this practice that she recommends and you can learn how to do it yourself. Uh, there are also ways uh, I really love uh, Tara Brock's approach uh, of RAIN, R-A-I-N, which, which starts with, first of all, recognizing what the emotion is, and more often than not, it's fear right now, right? And, and, and then uh, that's the R, and then the A is accepting, okay, I don't want to feel fear, um, but you ha I'm, I'm allowing it to be. I'm allowing, and that gives you just a little bit of space from it now, because once you've named it, that can help calm your nervous system. Once you allow it, 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 it creates a little bit more of a distance, a little bit more of a gap, and then you investigate it. But the best part of the investigation, which is the eye in the rain, is that you investigate it in your body, not in your mind. And it gets you out of that, that catastrophizing and that craziness. Um, I, I call it my mind being an asshole, really, because it can just take me running, right? But it gets you when you start to find out, okay, where are you feeling that particular feeling in your body? Where is it? And you hunt around and you find it. And then you get to the end part, which is the nurture, which is the mothering part, the nurture, comfort, and soothing. And you use your hands to touch that vulnerable part of your body, wherever it happens to be. I, I was just working with a, a client at Ipono in Hawaii. We were doing a session, and she, she could feel this fear was in her feet, and she, she just wanted to run. And so she had to hold her feet. So while we were talking, right, she's holding her feet. And then she goes, oh, wow, I feel calm. And so it's interesting. These are little techniques but they're effective to get you out of the, the craziness of your mind that has been conditioned to look for problems, to look for, to, for, look for danger. That's, that's, it's been conditioned to do that. And when you can drop into your body and, and you can access um, your heart. The RAIN technique is a really powerful practice that you can put into place, and it helps you get more into the experience on a moment-to-moment -moment basis and builds that mindfulness and compassion muscle that are essential 
in the recovery process. So Dr. Nina Johnston laid out the four key components of RAIN. And just to remind you, they are recognize the emotion. Label it. Name it. What is it? Name it to claim it. Then you want to allow it. You do not want to push the emotion away. You will allow it in as a, as a, a welcomed guest into your life. And you want to investigate. Where do you feel it in your body? In what ways is this emotion showing up somatically for you? Investigate this, the origin of this emotion. And then you want to nurture it. This is where you get to foster that inner mother within you that wants to nurture and show self-compassion to the parts of you that feel unseen, unloved, unmet. So we really get to welcome our emotions in with so much love and compassion, even if they're hard emotions. So that was the RAIN technique, and I highly recommend that you try it on your day-to-day life and build that mindfulness and compassion muscle. Now, I have one more special guest for you, Angela Golner. She is an actress and did an amazing series on binge eating. And she herself has a story of what it's like to go from fearing emotions to gently allowing them in and how that's worked for her. So let's hear what Angela has to say about her experience with letting emotions in. It's, it's empowering to like let yourself feel the feelings you normally don't like like sadness and anger are feelings that are hard for me to feel and that I really resist feeling and when I was in my eating disorder like those feelings cropping up would be big reasons to binge um but just knowing that the feelings can't kill you and they actually like can't I had a therapist once tell me like you can only feel a feeling for like x amount of seconds before it transitions to a different feeling like physiologically and in your brain, like it can't last forever. It can't even probably last more than a couple of minutes, really, without turning into a different type of feeling. So let this be a reminder that no feeling is final and no feeling will last forever. Very important to remember, even if it's so intense and scary and you're like, I can't handle this. I do not like this at all. It will not last forever. So we are here at the end, and my call to action to you is to start to draw more awareness to your feelings. Start to label them. Check in with yourself a minimum three times each day and ask yourself, what am I feeling? You can apply the RAIN technique. Recognize your emotion. Allow it in. Investigate it. Nurture it. Or simply use the wheel of emotions and label, what emotion are you feeling right now? At the end of the day, you'll see that you experienced a whole multitude of emotions. So just allow these gentle check-ins. What am I feeling right now? No judgment. Any, any emotion is valid. And know that you have the ability to handle intense emotions. You no longer need the eating disorder in order to numb them away. With time, you'll have the ability to say that you are an experienced surfer who can grab their board and charge into the water no matter what wave you're surfing. And you are going to be able to ride it and have fun out there. Because our life ultimately is a playground where we are meant to experience it and have 
fun. So surf's up, my warrior friend. Let's hop in and enjoy the ride. Well, my warrior friend, thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you found this episode helpful and know somebody in recovery who could benefit from its inspiring message, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to us at Recovery Warriors if we can get our cause out to more people struggling with an eating disorder. So if what you heard today was helpful, share the show with another warrior or anyone on your treatment team. You can do this directly from your podcast player or send them over to recoverywarriors.com. We have a goldmine of free resources there for all stages of recovery. And until the next episode, may compassion light the path you are on and courage keep you on it. You totally got this, warrior. Warrior.